Good to see you. Um, come on. It's wonderful to be in the house of God. It's wonderful to be a child of God, to be living in the times we're living in right now. Amen? Amen. 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 Come on. Well, I just wanted to give you a heads up quickly. There is a um, day of prayer and fasting coming up next week, Friday, which uh, the 2nd of November is a first Friday. So we will prepare you next week. Sunday, we'll give you a handout of what we're praying and what we're fasting for as a community. But just schedule it and remember and start to prepare your hearts because I know a lot of people don't like to be surprised by a fast. You're like, ah, this week, you know, I don't know if I'm ready yet. <laughs> so I want you just to be well prepared. You know that first Friday of November is a day you're going to set aside prayer and fast. You can fast however you want. Um, we're going to give you a handout next week of the things that we would like you to pray for on that day. And, uh, and then we're going to come together in the evening at 6 p.m. And we'll break the fast together with a powerful time of prayer. Amen. Do you have a Bible? Let's go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, 4, verse 4. I wanted to continue our Winning in Babylon series this morning. We've had three really good weeks. Karabo, Sam, last week we had Jan Nal preaching. And it's been a really good series. And I just felt like, you know what, it's been so good. Let, let's just continue it for this Sunday. Maybe we'll even go into next Sunday. I don't know. But I... I just have another message on my heart, which I've been praying about, and God just put on my heart this week for you. It's entitled, Building Your CC. That's the message this morning, and I know you're thinking closed corporation, but actually what I'm talking about this morning is your confidence and your courage. Two very necessary things to win in Babylon, your confidence and your courage. Who's in Jeremiah 29 and verse 4? Are you there? It should come up on the screen as well. Let's read it together. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what he says. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. Nudge somebody next to you and say, you need to increase. You need to increase right here, right here in this place. And then he carries on and he says, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. And in its prosperity, you will have prosperity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I'm asking that you would come and do something supernatural in our lives this morning. Lord, I pray for an impartation, Lord, this morning from you, Lord, from heaven this morning. Lord, I'm asking that the heavens would open over this word this morning, that you would release your sons and daughters, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you would break every form of captivity in our lives, Father God, that you would release every form of bondage in this place this morning. 
Father, I pray that you would set every captive free this morning, Lord. Lord, I pray that juice from heaven would come, Lord. That river that comes from your throne would flow over us as a church this morning, Father God. I pray that as we sit in your word, it would wash over us. It would refresh us. It would encourage us. It would bring life and healing and restoration. Lord, I pray for destinies to be come, come alive this morning, to be activated this morning. Lord, where there is a dullness, Lord, where there is a sleepiness, Lord, where there is an intimidation, Father God, I pray for a rising up this morning. Lord, your, your word says that the righteous are as bold as lions, Lord God. We sing about the Lion of Judah. You are the Lion of Judah. And I pray that your strength and your boldness would come and breathe into us as a church this morning, Father. Lord, I'm asking that you would come and with a spirit of boldness, Lord, and pour out on us as your people, Lord, so that we can win in the city, Father God, so that we can increase in the city, Lord, that we can take dominion in this place, Lord God, that we can live in peace, Lord, that we can live in prosperity, that we can increase in the city. Lord, this is a significant moment, Lord, and we call on heaven, Father God, to come into this moment. Lord, I'm asking that your glory would come into this room this morning. I pray, Father, that you would come and rest on us, that we would, every person here would sense and know your, you, you speaking to us this morning, Lord. May our ears be open to hear, Lord God. Lord, I pray for visions and revelation to flow this morning. Lord, we're not interested in just another gathering. Lord, another holy huddle, Lord God. This is not a book club, Lord God. Lord, I pray, Father God, that you would come and impart life into us this morning. Lord, we're expectant, Father God. We know that you give good gifts to those who ask, Lord God. Lord, your word says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father in heaven in whom there is no shadow when he's turning. Lord, you give good gifts. Lord, you said if we, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does your heavenly, and fa- your heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to those who ask? So we ask. <laughs> you said, ask and you shall receive. You said, knock and it shall be opened. You said, seek and we shall find. Lord, we come into this moment with an asking, with a knocking, with a seeking. Lord, this is not a moment for us to sit back like watching the TV. Lord, this is a moment for heaven to come and speak into our hearts this morning. Come, come pour on us. Come now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We ask for those good gifts to be released this morning, Lord. Those good gifts, Father God, to come out, come down from heaven, Lord. Those wonderful, the gift of your spirit to flow this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Come release a fire upon us as your people this morning, Lord. Come touch, Lord. Come fill. Come heal. Come restore. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, we're talking about winning in Babylon. (laughs) We're talking about winning in Babylon. And um, these Israelites, all right, were carried away captive into Babylon for 70 years. And the reason why was because they, they, were, they had rebelled against God in every way, in, in so many ways. They had, they had everything, and they yet still chose not to serve God. And so God, as discipline, brought them into a foreign city. And, and Babylon, at that time, was really the capital of the world. It was like the capital city in the world, part of a huge, massive empire that was just dominating the entire world. 
it was a massive economic power. It was a center of trade. It was a city that was built on the Euphrates River. And if you don't know where that is, it's modern-day Iraq. And just southwest of Baghdad, the city of Baghdad, that's where Babylon was situated. It was right in the Middle East. It was center of trade and economics and political power. It was a kingdom, so there was a king ruling in that place. And they had conquered Israel and taken Israel captive into Babylon. And so if you could imagine being these Jews, they, they, were, they, were, they were living in their own city. That had their own, that had God's laws, it had their customs, it had their culture, it had their way of doing things, alright? Everything was, was like they wanted it. It was like their culture and their stuff. And then, because they had turned away from God, they find themselves in this place called Babylon. And Babylon had zero respect for Jewish culture. It had zero respect for their laws of cleanliness. You know, you go read the Old Testament, look how many rules there are. The cleanliness rules and all different, like, you know, laws that God had put in place so that they, they would be a healthy people. And none of that was in Babylon. And Babylon didn't care about those laws. Babylon was actually opposed to those laws. Babylon looked down on them and, and almost like they, 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 they scoffed at it. You know, they, they, were, they were a defeated people, you know. Their, their laws were not respected in any way. So here they are, they're living in this place that is completely, it's not home, it's not what they want it to be. It's, uh, they're surrounded by people who, are, who don't care about them, who don't care about their laws in any way. And in that way, Babylon has become a metaphor for the world that we live in as Christians. You know, when we get born again, the Bible says that there is a transaction that takes place. We are released from this world, the kingdom of darkness, and we are translated into the kingdom of light. There's a kingdom transfer. When you say, Jesus, come and live in my heart, when you repent of your sin and you give your life to Jesus, there is a, a spiritual transaction. You're released from this world and you have entered into the kingdom of God into a new kingdom. And you know what I'm talking about. Suddenly there's like a new law written in your heart. The things you wanted to do that you, that you used to enjoy doing, you're like, I, I, I can't do that anymore. Who knows what I'm talking about? Alarm bells are going off. You, you, say, you, you speak like you swear like you used to swear, and you, something inside of you goes, that's not you anymore. You know, you know, when I got saved, I was just like, Jesus, what have you done to me? My friends don't understand me. I've changed. Everyone's like, you've changed. I'm like, I know, but I don't know what, you know. It's, there's a transaction that has taken place. I'm not of this world anymore. I've entered into a new kingdom. And you know what? The thing is this, is that this world that we live in has zero respect for God's word. Zero respect for God's laws. This world is absent, looks down on, on, the, on the kingdom of God. It says, what is that? What are, what are you doing? Reading your Bible. What is, why? Why are you always praying? Church again. Why, why, what's, what's up with that? You know, you Christians, you know, they, 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 the world like scoffs at what we do. They look down on what we do. So we live in this hostile environment where our faith is continuously being barraged and downplayed and downtrodden and, and we're being overlooked and, and the world doesn't do the things that we know the way it should be done. You know, the, the way, look at the world, the, the, the way the world does life and family and marriage and kids and business. 
It's completely opposite to the way God's kingdom works. In so many ways, we are just like those Israelites. We're, we're just like them. They were in a foreign place. And I can imagine many of them were just like, you know what? I just want to go back to Jerusalem. I just want to go back to that place where, where it, it, so a lot of Christians are like, I just want to go to heaven. <laughs> hey? You know, sometimes, you know, when I, 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 I just see sometimes when I see injustice in our city and people not being treated right or something like that, something inside of me just like goes, I just want out of this place. Like I'm tired of just seeing, you know, you know, I just heard a report this morning that, you know, a lot of the stuff that we gave was stolen somewhere. And I'm just like, really? You know, this world is like, it's, it's like a, it's a war zone, man. And sometimes we just do want to go, Jesus, take me home. Sweet Alabama, sweet heaven. What, what is that song? Take me home, sweet Alabama something, something, cowboy, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> I won't, I won't. Take me home, Jesus. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Living in Babylon is doing business in Babylon. Hey, how's how's business going in Babylon? People trying to steal from you the whole time. Don't want to pay you when you've done the work that you should do. You know what I mean? Just like employees who just don't give a rip about your business, thinking about themselves and taking time off or whatever, you know. You know, just living in a culture that is not kingdom culture, it can grind you. It can be like, Lord, just, you know, do something. (laughs) Take me out of here. And this is how these guys felt. This is how they felt. And a lot of people were rising up and saying, God's going to take us back. We're going to go back to Jerusalem. And, And God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah and said, don't listen to those guys. They're not telling the truth. You're going to stay. What an awesome word. One of those prophetic words you just want to get, you know. I'm going to stay. <laughs> no, send me, Lord. <laughs> You're going to stay. You're going to stay. And I want you to not just stay and just like survive. I want you to build. I want you to build houses. I want you to plant gardens. I want you to have children. In this place, I want you. You know, I spoke to a married couple a number of years ago, and they were like, "You know what? This was maybe ten years ago." They said, "When I, I had just had babies, and well, my wife, but I helped. Um, <laughs> we're just we had just had babies, okay?" And they said to me, well, "I don't know if I want to bring up kids in this world." And they were actually like bound in this fear of that this world is bad and terrible. And it really is, man. Kids are getting stolen off our streets and put into containers and taken to other places. And there's, there's so much stuff going on. You know, ritual murders of kids. And, you know, it's like it's hectic. And they're like, I don't know if I want to bring up kids in this place. And I said to him, bro, you have the Spirit of God living in you. God looks after his own. Seek the Lord. Don't shrink back in fear. Don't give up. They have two kids to this day that are a real blessing. Incredible. One is an incredible sportsman. We've got this option. 
we can shrink back in fear. We can get into survival mode. We can get into this, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, just gonna stay right here, you know? But God doesn't want us to do that in Babylon. He wants us to build. Can you nudge somebody and say, you need a build? He says, plant gardens. What does plant gardens mean? Plant gardens means invest, start businesses. Start businesses. Be an entrepreneur. Establish yourself. Build a home. Invest in things. Increase there. Do not diminish in that place. And in that place, I want you to seek, pray for this place, and and seek the prosperity and the peace of the city, because as it prospers, and as there's peace in the city, so you too will enjoy peace, you will enjoy prosperity. I mean, prosperity, Lord, are you serious? Did you really say that word? we're, We're captives, we're strangers here. Do you really want us to prosper here? Yeah. I want you to prosper there. I want you not to diminish or shrink back. I want you to increase, grow in number, grow in influence. In other words, take dominion. Clearly, God is not as intimidated by Babylon as we are. (laughs) Clearly, He is not as scared of it as we are. And he believes in his spirit in us that it's actually greater than the spirit that's out there in the world. Isn't that what the Bible says? Greater is he that is in you. Can you look at somebody this morning and say, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? There is more in you than there is in this world. There's more power. There's more God. There's more everything that you need is all in you. God has put everything that you need to prosper no matter where you are planted. No matter how evil the society is. No matter how racist it is. No matter how unfair it is. No matter how unjust it is. No matter how much people have hurt you in the past. No matter how much they don't obey the, the, the words of God, the laws of God. No matter what... God looks at what's inside of us and says, it's more than enough. (laughs) You can still prosper right there. You can prosper right there. Years ago, one of our senior leaders in this movement, Bryce Brooks, went onto a rubbish dump where he was ministering to kids who lived on a rubbish dump in in the Philippines. And And he said to them, he says, you get this Jesus in you. You get this word in you. And he'll take you from here and put you in palaces. One of those kids actually did <laughs> end up becoming like an, a, an ambassador in his country. What's in you is far greater that, than in what is in this world. There is a power at work in us that is far greater than anything that this world has seen. And so God's command to us is increase and do not diminish. Then we have the book of Daniel as a reference point for us. You guys know the story of Daniel, right? I mean, what, a, what an incredible story. He gets taken away um, captive to this place called Babylon. And what happens to him in Babylon? He rises to the highest position of authority. 
Why is that in the Bible? Why is that there for us? Because God says that he's trying to show us that we can do it. He says, look at your city, look at your nation, look around you, look at your business, look at the company. The top spot is your spot. <laughs> you, can, you can be there. Receive it. Because you said amen. It's yours. <laughs> that spot is there for you. And then if we think that Daniel is just an enamor, uh, like a, you know, an exception to the rule, what, a, what about Joseph? Oh dear, another one. <laughs> what do we do about him now? Also taken into a foreign nation called Egypt. And where does he go? But to the highest position that he is. Like why? Because this thing in us, the Spirit of God in us, the kingdom of God that is within us is greater than the kingdoms that are out there in this world. God has put something in us, man, that has the ability to rise to the top, that has the ability to exercise dominion no matter what the circumstances are. God does not want us just to survive in the city and have a nice little life. He wants us to take dominion here, people. He wants us to win in Babylon. Amen? Now, there's a couple things that Babylon, Babylon strikes back. <laughs> if, if, well, that's, that's the first thing you just need to get, okay? You just need to get what I've just said this morning, that greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Can you turn to somebody this morning and just say that again, just so that they really get it and you get it too? Go for it. <clears throat> so, so you can prosper right where you are planted, okay? Oh, but this place is corrupt. This place is a mess. My boss this. You can prosper right where you are, okay? Greater is he that's in you. That's the first step. Once you start to own that thing, you become dangerous. Once you start to own that thing, you're like a light shining in the darkness, once you start to realize that this in me, this God in me is greater than anything that's out there, now you suddenly start to become this light, you become dangerous, and Babylon strikes back. And there's typically two ways that Babylon will strike back at you. The first one is through compromise. Babylon, you know, when it sees the light, gets very scared, it gets very nervous, it goes, uh-oh, our days are going to get numbered here. We know what Daniel did. We know what Joseph did. We know, we know the story, what happens when people get this revelation. Babylon gets really scared. And so what Babylon will do is come and offer you some sort of compromise. And Karabo spoke about this two weeks ago, so I'm not really going to go into it. He spoke about King Jeconiah. Do you remember that? King Jeconiah and how King Jeconiah just settled for a comfortable life. He traded the kingdom of God for a comfortable life. Just a nice little existence, me and my home, my little world. I've got enough and I've got a pension and I'm okay and I'm, I'm all right. I know, woof, it's bad out there, but I say a prayer every now and then. But I have traded kingdom for a comfortable life. And what I'm really more interested now in is... is is my bonus and end of your holiday than I am for salvations and disciples to be made. I've compromised. I'm actually more interested in, in my own little comfort than in God's 
purposes coming to this earth. I'm more interested in my clothing labels than I am in disciples being made, in, in his kingdom advancing, in me living my purpose for God. And it happens so subtly because Babylon has so much glitz and so much glamour and there's so many bright lights and there's so many tempting things out there. And it's just so easy to, to your heart can just so easily wander down a road. You know, um, you know we, we, we pray and ask God to give us things and then those things become idols to us. And they become more important than the things of God. We so easily, you know, there's a number of times where I have to bring my heart before God and I go, you know what, it's, this thing is becoming a little bit too important to me. Yeah. It's becoming a little bit too, like, now I don't have space. Like, you can't just interrupt me because I'm doing this now. Yeah? I'm talking about my sport at one point. It was just, God was just like, you know, this is, it's just becoming too much, you know. And, and it's becoming too much of my focus and too much of my attention and too much of my affection. And it just happens so subtly. I don't know what it is. Your, your entertainment, your hobbies, your friends, your whatever. Babylon can, has this way of creeping into our hearts. It has this way of just making us more about that than about the kingdom of God. What I love about Jesus is that even unto death, he never compromised. It says in John 18, verse 36, when he was talking to Pilate, <clears throat> it should come up there. Thanks, Diane. Jesus answered and said, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. He knew where he was from. He wasn't bound to this world. And then he says to us in John 17, verse 16 and 18, he says, They are not of this world. We are not of this world. Just as I am not of this world, you send, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I want you to know that you are an ambassador sent from heaven to this world. You are not of this world. So stop trying to look like this world or sound like this world or fit in with this world or be cool like this world, but rather try and fit in and sound like and be like your other kingdom, the place where you really are from. Rather get wrapped up in that than in Babylon. You know, it's like Samson lying in the arms of Delilah. Such a lovely name, Delilah. You know, you just, you just know exactly <laughs> what Delilah is. And, and he's lying in her arms and she is slowly snipping away his hair, his power. It's a picture of us lying in the comfort of the world, enjoying the luxuries of this world, the prestige of this world, but slowly our power as Christians is being slipped away, snipped away, until we rise up and we try and do something for God and we don't even realize that our power is gone. We can't do it anymore. So we have to make sure that we, we don't compromise. That's, that's really the key. That's how Babylon strikes back. I... Um, I want to ask you a question. The question is this. Are you ready? What is your kingdom assignment? If you're not able to answer me immediately, you're in danger. You're in danger of compromise. You should know why you're here. Why has heaven sent you? Why are you in the city of Durban? 
What, what is your assignment? Why are you in the job that you're doing, studying the thing that you're studying? What is the vision for your life? What are you trying to build with your life? What is your kingdom assignment? Now, there's no condemnation this morning, okay? Like, if I'm, like, stoking you and you're sitting there going, oh, I don't have one, get one. <laughs> get into God. Go fast. Go pray. Go read your word. Say, Lord, I need something to speak to me about my calling, my destiny. Trish and I had the privilege of meeting a couple in the city this week and doing dinner with them. Man, what a powerful couple. This, this woman said she wanted to know what her kingdom assignment was. So God said to her, go, go watch Machine Gun Preacher. So she went to Machine Gun Preacher and she watched it. And she just knew her mission in this world was to get the homeless off the streets. So they started businesses And all the funding that they get from their businesses, they plow into the homeless. They do church on the streets every Sunday under the trees here in Durban, feeding the homeless, helping the homeless get off the streets with their two small children. They are people on kingdom assignment. They're not interested in filling up a seat on Sunday morning. They are interested in getting equipped so that they can go and do what God has called them to do with their life. Their whole life is structured so that heaven can come and touch earth. People, this is how we need to live. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is, what, this is how we think we, 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 we should have an assignment from heaven. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. So, so Babylon strikes back with, with compromise. The second thing that Babylon strikes back with is intimidation. Intimidation. You know, if Babylon can't get into your heart and divide your loyalty to the kingdom of God, then Babylon will beat the fire out of you and try and neutralize you by intimidating you. The word intimidation means to make timid. (laughs) That's what intimidation means, to make timid. And the word timid means to show a lack of courage or confidence, to be easily frightened. You must know this this morning, that, that this is a strategy of Babylon. Babylon wants to intimidate you. Babylon wants you to become timid, which means you lack courage and you lack confidence. Confidence and courage are essential if you want to win in Babylon. You need them. You cannot do without them. I want you to nudge somebody next to you and say, confidence and courage is what you need. A lot of times we think they're the same thing. What, what, is, what is confidence and courage? They're not. They're actually different. Confidence is this. It's, it's acting in the assurance of what you know or what is revealed. Courage is acting in the face of risk or opposition. So confidence is when you act on the assurance of what you know and experienced or what's been revealed to you. Courage is what you have when, you, when there's opposition or risk involved. Confidence, and is, God wants us to have both. We're supposed to be confident in His Word, confident in what He's done for us, confident in who He's made us to be, confident in our identity, Confident in heaven, 
confidence in the Spirit of God living within us. And then he wants us to live courageously in Babylon, where in the face of risk, in the face of opposition, we still go. (laughs) We still pray for people. We still trust God for healing. We still give sacrificially. We start projects. We, We step out of the boat and we move, even though there's risk involved. We risk reputation, comfort, security. Why? Because his kingdom comes first. Somebody say amen. Amen. The kingdom of God, I want you to know this, is, is upheld and established on confidence, our confidence in God. And it's advanced through our courage. You go look in the Bible how many times God says, be strong and very courageous. Be confident and very courageous. Why? Because Babylon wants to intimidate you. Babylon wants you to shrink back. Babylon wants you to think that you're not who you really are. Babylon wants you to think that things are never going to work out for you. Babylon wants you to live in disappointment, in hurt, in frustration. Babylon wants you to think that you're never good enough. Babylon wants to intimidate you with all of its might, with all of its whatever, so that you never arise and become what God has called you to be. And boy, we need you to arise. We need you to arise. And if you're going to arise, you need to be confident in God's word, and you need to be courageous and step out there. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said this. He said, Timothy, I want to remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of? And of love, and of? You know, Timothy was facing, was in a city where he was facing so much opposition. He was ministering in a church where there was opposition. He was ministering in a time where where just there was everything was trying to beat him back into the corner and to stop him from having that courage that says we got to advance. Everything was trying to get him onto the back foot. Have you felt similar? Have you felt that resistance of like always trying something trying to push you back into the back foot? trying to get you to be timid. That's Babylon striking back. You know, we have to understand that the kingdom is built and established on confidence and courage in God. Elijah, you know the story of Elijah. He had this amazing moment where he calls down fire from heaven and all the prophets of Baal are defeated. It's like one of those, the, one of the best stories, you know, in the Bible. You know, it's just incredible. He has this incredible moment of victory and taking ground for God, and it's just amazing. And then he gets a text message, a little WhatsApp, and he opens it up, and it's from Jezebel. And Jezebel says this, says, I'm going to do the same to you as what you've done to the prophets of Baal by tomorrow. And the man of God, who's just experienced such incredible victory, runs away into the wilderness. 
Now, we, we mustn't laugh at him because we do the same, right? <laughs> what was attached to those words that Jezebel spoke? Intimidation. There was a spirit of intimidation that were attached to those words. And, and Elijah, because he was tired, because he was a little bit weak, a little bit weary, because we sometimes get like that, yeah? yeah. Isn't it amazing that when we're the, the, the weakest, that's when, that's when the strike happens? <laughs> yeah. And when we're just tired after whatever we've done for God or we've done something amazing, then suddenly then there's this word that gets spoken. Suddenly then there's this email that comes. Suddenly then there's a retrenchment. Suddenly then there's a whatever that comes. And attached to it is the spirit of intimidation. And Elijah runs away and, and, and he starts to cry out to go, Oh, woe is me, Lord. I'm the last one left. <laughs> and that's what some of us do. We cry and, we, and what's happened is we've allowed a spirit of intimidation into our hearts. And, and, and what it's causing us to shrink back from the calling and purpose that God has for us. What happened to Moses in Egypt? He, he rose up and he killed an Egyptian to try and help a Hebrew slave. And then what happened one day? One of the Egyptian or the Hebrews said to him, I saw what you did <laughs> to the Egyptian. What else are you going to do? And what was attached to those words? Spirit of intimidation. And he ran into the wilderness for 40 years. When God found him, he was a man that was timid, domesticated. He had retreated. He had just gone into survival mode. And God was like, no, this is not your place. You are a deliverer. And I'm sending you back to the place that you were, that where you got hit, where you got hurt, and you're going to rule, and you're going to reign, and you're going to win in that place. Some of you have been disappointed like that. Some of you have had that same thing happening to you, and it's caused you to go into survival mode. You stepped out, you tried something, you failed, it didn't go the way you expected it to go, and the result is that you've shrunk back, you've been intimidated by Babylon. And I'm telling you here this morning that God wants you out of that place. God wants you to come out of timidity and into that place of victory. He wants you to come back into that place of knowing that you're a winner. <laughs> Not because of your skills. You know, this is, this is the thing. The world is built in self-confidence. We build our lives on God-confidence, confidence in His Word. Not because of what we can do, but because of who He is in us. I remember when we stepped out and we started the, the church on, on the Wasteful Campus. How's this, man? We started this church. We, we step out to do this thing. And the dean of students sends me a letter saying, I forbid you from coming onto this campus. I'm not joking, all right? I'm not joking. What had happened was other Christians on the campus had gone to him and complained that we were coming onto the university campus. And they said, they're going to mess up everything here. So you need to keep them out, dean of students. So the dean of students wrote me this long letter saying, you're not allowed here. We won't let you on this campus. That was the week before we were about to start our first service on the campus. I walked into uh, my, my student leaders at that time, into their residence and in their room, 
And they were all sitting on the bed, quiet. Their heads were down like this. And I was like, what's up, guys? He said, no, we've just, we've just been told by what's and what's so-and-so and so-and-so that you know, we, we're not allowed to do this thing. They were defeated. They were, there was this atmosphere of failure. There was this atmosphere of timidity. And something rose up inside me and said, no! <laughs> Literally. And I began to pray over them. And I began to shandai, handai, hot pray all over them. They were just sitting there, what's happened to them from D.C.? And I just began to declare. And I just said, no, no. I said, we're starting the service this Sunday. Yeah. I wrote a letter back to the dean and said, thank you, but we're starting. <laughs> we started that Sunday. And it was awesome. People got saved. It was amazing. It was awesome. That dean left. And he never came back to me. And he never, ever responded. And he never, like, you know, ever had this moment of, like, you know, but, but he, he left the campus. God took him off the campus. And we're still there to this day. Yeah. Amen. So this is, this is what Babylon does. It comes to intimidate. You can't do this. You, you're never going to have the money to do that. You're going to try that business. Oh, look at your family. Everybody in your family's failed at business. Look at, look, oh, you want to try and apply for that job? Oh, who are you? Look, you haven't even been able to make it in that business. Babylon will try and intimidate you and get you to cower back and just go to a place where you just, everything's safe, everything's safe. I want you to know this morning, you are not a safe person. You're a dangerous person. <laughs> Babylon fears you. The spirit of this world is, is, is terrified of you. When we submit to God and we resist Him, He runs. He flees. But you need to know the authority that you have. You need to know what God has called you to do. You need to know who you are, confident in who you are in Christ. And you need to have that courage that says, no, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do this thing no matter what the, what the enemy says. Amen? So there's this awesome... Scripture, Luke 13, it's, you don't, it's going to come up. Don't, you don't have to go there. Watch how Jesus handles intimidation. <laughs> this is so cool. On that very day, some Pharisees came to him saying, Get out, depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go tell that fox. <laughs> go tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons and I perform healing today and tomorrow. On the third day, I will be perfected. This is the same message that Elijah got through Jezebel. It's the same message that Moses got through that Hebrew. It's the same thing. It's the it's words. They're just words, but they're coming with a spirit attached to it. It's planned be of Babylon, all right? Plan A was to get you to compromise. You didn't compromise. So now plan B is I'm going to intimidate you. I'm going to get you to back down. Jesus sees where, what this is. He sees what's behind those words. And he says, no, I will fulfill the call of God in my life. I will do what he has called me to do. I will be who he's called me to be. And you will not stop me, you fucks. <laughs> you fucks. Sure. Hebrews 10.35 says this, Do not throw away your fearless, courageous confidence. It carries a great reward. The, the tone in this passage is this, is that no fearless confidence, courage, no reward. 
It carries on in verse 39 and says, The just shall live by faith, but if any man draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Please do not draw back from the call of God on your life. Rise up, mighty man and woman of God. Rise up. Be who God has called you to be. Stand in the word that he's given you for your life. Use the prophetic words that you've received. Use them as weapons in your warfare. Do not shrink back. Do not give up. Do not be intimidated. Do not be beat down and beat back into the corner where you just have a safe existence. You are not a safe person. You're a dangerous person in this kingdom. So how do we build our CC, building your CC, building your confidence and your courage? What I find really interesting, Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, and Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. God comes to Joshua and he says to him this. I'm going to wrap with this. He says, Joshua, I want you to be strong and very courageous. And in verse 9, he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and very courageous. So it was a command from God. All right, God commanded him. So this is in the Old Testament. But then I went into the New Testament and I looked at where confidence and courage comes from. And it's very different. God, confidence in the New Testament comes from A, abiding in Christ. I'll give you the ABCR of confidence, all right? Can you do that? Can you say ABCR? In the New Testament, A stands for abiding in Christ. In, in, in Acts, Peter and John had been thrown in prison. They were beaten. They were told not to do what they were doing. You will not preach Christ in this place and in this city. They got up and they said, we will keep doing <laughs> what we are called to do. And we will not be intimidated by you. And God is proving it through signs and wonders. And they responded to the intimidation, right? They responded in the same way Jesus responded, all right, which is R to resist. But interesting what they, the, the Pharisees say. They said, and they could see when they saw Peter and John and the boldness with which they spoke and perceived that they were uneducated men, they knew that they had been with Jesus. Where do you get confidence and where do you get courage? From abiding with Jesus, from being with Jesus. These guys were able to stand in the face of opposition and declare what God had called them to do with their lives because they had been hanging out with Jesus. They had a secret life with Jesus. As you listen, Jesus is the Lion of Judah. All right? He is the bold one. He is the creator. When you get around him, you get bold. It just rubs off on you. You know, it's like when you're around some people that are just happy, you get happy. When you're around people who are sad, you get... Hopefully not. You make them happy, right? <laughs> but, but you, we, you know, there's this amazing way of getting close to people that what they are rubs off on us. When you get close to Jesus, boldness rubs off on you. When you really are with Him, boldness comes into you. So A is abide in Christ. B is bold prayers. Bold prayer. <laughs> Sorry, we're talking about prayer again. <laughs> bold prayers. In Acts 4... They then went into the upper room again, and they began, in the face of intimidation, in the face of persecution, in the face of what the Babylon was striking back at them, 
they prayed bold prayers and they said this, Lord, give us boldness to go out and boldly proclaim your name in the streets and confirm it with signs, wonders, and miracles following. In other words, Lord, put us back on the offense. Lord, give us more so we can go give them more. (laughs) Bold prayers. Oh, you just lost your job. Okay, well, Lord, I pray for a million bucks to start a business. Bold. Respond with boldness. Bold prayer. When you get into some bold prayers, the Bible says that that room shook and they were filled with the Spirit and they went out boldly proclaiming. We have to get some bold prayer going, people. We have to go shundai, hundai, tie the bow tie, whatever you got to do, hot prayer. When you go do some hot prayer, man, you get filled with boldness, filled with the might of His Spirit. C stands for confess. Confess. Confess what? Confess the Word of God over your life. Confess His Word. He said to Joshua, meditate on my Word day and night. A lot of us think meditation is a mental thing. It is a mental thing, but it's also a mouth thing. Can you know somebody and say meditation is a mouth thing as well? (laughs) What do I mean by that? I mean... You need to learn how to confess the Word of God over your life. Confess what He has said about you. Speak the promises of God over your life. I'll challenge you this. If you're feeling intimidated, if you're feeling beat back by the world, if you're feeling like you're in a place of of defeat rather than victory, I want to challenge you. Go find 20 scriptures that speak about your identity in Christ, that speak about what God has promised over your life. And I want to challenge you, every morning you get up and you speak those over your life repeatedly, just for 20 minutes, half an hour, and come tell me the difference. Meditate daily on my word, day and night on my word. Let these words not depart out of your mouth. As you begin to speak, as you begin to release them into the atmosphere, the Bible says you'll be satisfied by the fruits of your lips. When you partner with Babylon with your lips, you're in big trouble. When you start to agree with what Babylon says, oh, I'm a failure, I'm a this, I'm a that, you're in big trouble. You have to break those words, break that partnership, and take the Word of God and begin to confess it over your life. Speak it over your children. When your kids are going AWOL and you're like, what's going on? And this is not, the, this is not their destiny, this is not their purpose. You p- bring out those words and you begin to confess them. When you look at your cupboards and they're empty and your your bank account and it's empty, you pull out the Word of God and you begin to confess it over your bank account. Begin to speak it over your cupboards, over your home. Begin to release it over your mind. You wake up and your body's sore and something doesn't feel right in your body. Begin to confess the healing of God over your life. Confess it and speak it and let the Word surround you and fill you and fill your heart and you will begin to eat the fruit of those words. I promise you. I promise you, man. Any situation, I listen, any situation that you're in right now, anything, I don't know what you're in right now, but anything that you're in, get the word of God in it. Get the word of God in it and you confess it. Come on, I want to challenge you this morning. Who's gonna do that? Come on, do it, man. Watch what will happen. Your your drive time in the morning. Make sure that you're confessing the word of God over your life. It's the time where you, 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 you're commuting. Get the Word of God and start to speak it over your life. And I'm not talking about listening to sermons. Although that's good. I'm not talking about listening to Christian music. That's good. But I want you to speak it with your own mouth. 
I want you to own that scripture. Stop being just on the receiving end. Start getting onto the front foot in your life. You see, this is the thing. You have to get this. Babylon begins to change when you get on the front foot. When you get confident and you get courageous and you start to confess the word, of things start to change. Things automatically start to move and shift in your life. But when you're on the back foot and you're going, oh Lord, I'm the only one left, the kingdom doesn't work. The kingdom's not working. And we must understand that. You, you, you've got to get out of that place and into the place of being on the front foot. The last one is R, resist. So what is A? Abide. B is? Bold prayers. C is? Confess the word of God. And D is resist. You know, what we learn from Jesus is that he resisted. So what did I say? D. Sorry. <laughs> R. Resist. Okay. Resist. <laughs> so we just invented a new word this morning, people. Resist. What we learn from Jesus is that he didn't take it. He resisted the enemy. Submit to God, resist the enemy, and he will flee. Intimidation must be resisted. You must resist it. It's not your friend. And that's why sometimes it comes like that. You know, sometimes it comes as this like, oh, shame. Oh, shame. Oh, it hasn't worked out for you. Maybe you should just stay right here. Don't try anything new for a while. Just stay. Just stay. You, need, you just need some time. Shame, man. You know, no one really understands. Really? I want to tell you that that's not your friend. All right? That's actually intimidation. I'm trying to tell you exactly who you're not. And you need to resist that thing. Amen? Amen. Come and stand to your feet. I'm done this morning. Mm. I want, to, I want to pray this morning just for those who have, have, have felt beat down and beat back by Babylon. And uh, I want to just open up the altar here this morning for some ministry. If you're feeling like you've been intimidated or hurt or Babylon has struck <laughs> your confidence and your courage and, and you're lacking, I want to open it up. You're welcome just to come stand in the front here. And we've got some leaders, and we're going to pray for you and trust God to restore your courage and your confidence. You know, there was a time where, a good number of years ago, where I felt so intimidated by the enemy. Things had not worked out the way I thought they would work out. And, um, and I began to shrink back. And when you begin to shrink back, everything starts to dry up. <laughs> it's actually the worst place you can get to. And I had to learn that that intimidation and that, that place was not, that was not my friend. That was not where God had called me to be. He called, he's called us to be on the front foot. And we have to fight to stay on that front foot. Amen.